Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel podcast. As a vibrant part of life at TWU, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. safe to say that 2020 was filled with trials and temptations, some easy and some hard. I know that as we entered into 2021, my social media feed was filled with hilarious memes and inspirational quotes as people began to celebrate the coming of 2021 because surely it had to be better than 2020, right? I'm the geek and I, so I love this meme, this like control alt delete 2020. I was like, yes, like that. How do I double like that? For me, 2020 was challenging, um, but I also did see God's faithfulness. So, so let's talk about what was challenging. What, what were the, the things that I had to deal with in 2020? Um, as soon as the pandemic hit, I had to close uh, two of my businesses down for three months, um, and as soon as I could reopen, that didn't necessarily mean that business bounced back. When I did my reconciling of my books for the year, it meant that I still lost about 50% of revenue um, across uh, the businesses. Um, it also meant that um, things just got hard. I spent most of my time applying for grants and loans. One business got a lot of grants and funding, which was amazing. The other one got zero. Uh, so as I began to prepare uh, to take time off because uh, I still worked for a church and so we had to transition in the pandemic to online and figure out how do I engage teenagers online in a pandemic for months on end. Uh, so I took a couple uh, weeks off in the summer and when I came back in August, um, I found like myself having these sharp chest pains and I was like, oh my Jesus, do I got the Rona? And so I go in, um, I get a COVID test and I find out, no, you don't have the Rona. And after a week or two of these chest pains, like not going away, I went ahead and I go into urgent care. And so I'm in the doctor's office and, you know, they do all of the things, you know, it's like you sound a little congested, but your EKG, you know, it basically looks perfect. And, uh, and, and I kind of told him like all of the things that I do. And he was like, uh, you are doing too much. You need to dial back. And so he gave me a doctor's note for three days of rest, which I absolutely used. Um, and sure enough, that night, the sharpest of the chest pains, like they went away, like bye-bye. And I was like, oh, I was stressed out. Great. And so, you know, I go, I get, uh, I go to get echocardiogram uh, with a cardiologist just to make sure, because I don't want no sneak attacks. And so that uh, showed that one of, one of the sides of my heart is slightly enlarged. Uh, and so I asked her, my doctor, I was like, well, you know, well, why? <laughs> How? Uh, and she said, well, you know, when you carry extra weight that you're, you know, that you're, you're not supposed to carry um, and your blood pressure is high, uh, well, then that's, this is kind of what happens. And I was like, oh, great. So I'm fluffy. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks. I, I already kind of knew that. 
I appreciate that. Um, and so uh, I was like, well, how do I get, okay, I know how to lose weight. Like I know the Rona, I have like eaten and devoured everything in sight. Um, how do I get this blood pressure thing done? Cause I've never had high blood pressure. And she was like, wow. Well, when you um, reduce some of the extra weight that you're carrying, then the blood pressure goes down with it. And I was like, great, I'm broke and I'm fluffy. Wonderful. This is a great day. And so anyway, that motivated me to finally like dial back. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too young to be having problems like this, to be stressed out and having hearts enlarged and all of that stuff. So I was like, I just need to dial back. I decided that I was gonna shoot a little less um, in the pandemic uh, and, and just moving forward in general. Um, and it also made me Go, come to this very hard decision where I was like, you know what, God told me that he needed me to do something like a year ago, and I've either been too afraid to deal with it uh, and to address it, and so, uh, or to just obey. And so I was like, okay, this means that I need to like resign from my pastoral job um, so that I can free back up half of my week so that I can like rest as well as do the thing, again, that I feel like God had told me to do. And so because I did not, um, uh, I, I, I was not leaving my job to go to another job, and I wanted the church to thrive. I loved my teams. I gave them a three-month notice um, of my departure so they could be set up for success. And so it meant that I had a very long, drawn-out departure where I had to keep telling multiple groups that I'm leaving, all the tears, all the reasons why, all the questions. Um, so that was a long drawn out process. And then, and then in October, at the end of October, my mama almost died of kidney failure and had to be in the hospital for a week. And out of that hospital trip, the decision was made that if she was gonna live, she needed to be on dialysis. And that also meant that she was going to be moving in with me and my husband. So as I was ending my job on December 31st with the church and trying to wrap up all of the things, my mom landed at the airport um, on December 31st uh, to move in with us. And so it has been a wonderful adventure, right? Very special 2020 and going into 2021. Um, while there were trials there, the and I'm 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 really glad that I'm out of 2020. I'm still looking at 2021, knowing that the trials are also going to be coming with me. So today, as we continue our study of James, we're going to be covering chapter one, verses 12 through 18, and I believe that God has a word for us about trials and temptations and his goodness. So let's pray. Uh, dear Holy Father, God, we, we come before you. Uh, God, we are so grateful for the way that you remain faithful to us. Uh, Father, give us ears to hear the things that you would want us to hear. Father, remove me uh, from this. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might speak the things that you need me to speak for your people to hear. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's jump into uh, the Word of God, starting in James 1.12. Uh, and I'm going to be reading from the ESV translation for those who are following along. It says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So at the beginning of James, he introduces 
this idea of trials and how being steadfast brings us to completion. And he revisits this idea in verse 12 and he tells us that if we, I mean not if, that we are blessed if we remain steadfast under trial. And I like how the NLT translates this. It says, um, those who patiently endure, right? Patiently endure. How good are you at patiently enduring, right? Patience is a fruit of the spirit. It's often seen as like this calm um, temperament. You don't really get easily ruffled when funk hits the fan. Like you can usually stay kind of cool when everything else is popping. Uh, I also uh, like how the King James translates this word for patience as long suffering, right? It's one thing when someone's like, oh, just wait a little bit. Just thank you for your patience. And it's different when says, when someone says, long suffering. Thank you for your long suffering. Cause we don't always assume that being patient requires suffering. Um, but King James says long suffering and just casts a whole new kind of vision of what it means to be patient or to patiently endure. And the Greek word used here as a uh, and it means to stay under, to remain, to undergo as in bare trials, to have fortitude, to persevere, to abide, endure, take patiently, suffer, tarry behind, right? We are called to endure trials. Too often we want the relief of the trial, but the blessing comes in the enduring. It's because we remain and we stay, stay steadfast. And sometimes we suffer in that process that we are proven faithful. And with trials, there isn't a way out. With 2020, there wasn't a way out. You couldn't just say, March, be gone. Take me to January. You had to endure the whole trial of 2020 like everybody else, right? You just don't miraculously go from month to month and you can't just wish that the year be done. But it's when we endure and we remain steadfast that we're rewarded with the crown of life. And when the Bible talks about the crown of life, it's not like this blinged out, like from uh, the crowned uh, king and queen uh, crowns that you get just because you were born into royalty. It's talking about like this victor's crown. It's, it's a wreath, right? It's foliage uh, that were given to the people who played in the public games as a sign of honor saying, you stood the test, you stood above the rest, you finished a trial, you showed your strength and your speed and you killed it. So I'm going to give you this victor's crown. Um, because you are worthy, you stood the, tr the stood the test of time, and so more than that, this crown of life, uh, it's not really a here and now thing, right? People think, well, Jesus, I've got through 2020, give me my crown of life. It ain't work like that, right? This crown of life is is about heaven. Sometimes we're so short sighted, we're so short sighted that um, as we endure trials, we want all of our rewards on this side of heaven, and that's just not how it works. We have to stay faithful and endure the trial of life in this broken and fallen world. And to do that, right, to fight to receive the crown of life, the reward of a race well run, we must be like an athlete in training. We must train for the trials by being in the word of God. And with proper training, when we lean into the word of God, we can endure and receive the reward. 
So how can we expect to endure trials if we don't use scripture for what it's for, right? The scriptures tell us that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So if you want to remain steadfast, right, if you want to train in righteousness so that you can get through these trials, you got to be in your Bibles, right? And not just reading it to check it off of your list of things to do. You have to be applying it so that it can refine your character. Now that we've talked about trials, let's talk about temptations. Because trials and temptations, y'all, they not the same. <laughs> they not the same at all. James 1, 13 through 15 says this, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown, brings forth death, right? God will test your faith, but he will not tempt you to sin, right? He wants you closer to him. He wants you closer to him in hard times. He doesn't want sin to uh, tempt you and to separate you from him, from his heart, from life. And so unlike trials or tests, temptations they have a way out. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the, tempt the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Y'all, temptations have an escape button. You don't have to fall for it. That's the great thing. But look at how James describes what happens with a temptation. He says that each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, right? To be lured and enticed is to be dragged away, right? To be enticed to sin, uh, to be drawn away, right? To be lured is a trap with bait, Okay, so it's just like fishing, right? Fishermen have uh, lures to attract fish to the thing that they want. It looks good, it looks like food, I want that, shouldn't be anything wrong with that. And so I think that that thing is good for us. But hidden in that lure is a hook that will drag you, that will drag that fish from the safety into somebody's frying pan with some cornmeal and some hot sauce, right? Just like that, that will happen. You know, I remember uh, going fishing uh, with my dad as a little girl. Uh, so me and my three brothers, we would go digging in the dirt for extra bait, right? For extra worms. So clearly I was not a super girly girl because I like digging in the dirt for worms. <laughs> um, so we would go find some worms. And so I remember my dad having some lures, like we didn't have, I don't remember him having a lot, but I remember there being some, um, there were, you know, fake fish or they had little like, uh, like jelly, glossy looking things. Um, but I didn't know much about them. So I was like, let me consult Google. Google, tell me about lures. Uh, and so I went to this site called fisherbooker.com and it gave me some pros and cons about using lures, right? Check out this list. This is kind of, this is pretty interesting. Among the pros were lures allow you to cast further than using live bait. Using lures is less messy than using live bait. 
Lures are better for catch and release because the fish are less likely to gulp the entire hook. Lures allow you to target a species more accurately. Lures are easily interchangeable. Some of the cons were, lures are generally more expensive than live bait. Using lures requires you to constantly move them in order to attract fish. Some lures require skill to use effectively, which makes it harder for beginners. Y'all, when I read that list, I was like, yo, Satan is a master fisherman, right? He knows exactly which lures to use to get you you specifically to bite, right? Let's look at this list again. Satan has no problem casting a little bit further, right? He gonna work for it. He don't mind casting a little bit further in order for him to use a bait, right? Lures are less messy. Satan, even, he ain't even gotta get messy. He ain't even gotta get messy because he's like, this is easy. This is easy. He's smart, right? He knows that you don't need to gulp the whole thing. He just needs to get you caught up enough in order to snatch you out. And he has a wide collection of lures, right? Is he trying to catch somebody prideful? Oh, he got a lure for that. Is he trying to catch somebody that's insecure? He got a lure for that. Somebody who's anxious, a perfectionist, someone who's lonely. Y'all, he got lures for all of that. And they're easily interchangeable. If he don't get you with one lure, he can get you with the other one. He has a whole tackle box of lures. And it says that lures are expensive, but guess what? Satan apparently got deep pockets, y'all. He got deep pockets. He does not mind because here's the thing. He knows that he has a good return on investment when he uses these lures. He knows that he will get his fish if he uses these tactics. You know, the cons, they don't bother him. It doesn't bother him that he has to keep constantly moving it. Y'all, he got minions. He can assign a demon to be like, hey, just watch that fish pole for me. Just keep it moving. He don't mind. He got time, right? He's patient. He's no beginner. He's no beginner. He's been doing this since the very beginning of creation. He's been luring mankind in the Garden of Eden with the things that, that, they, that look desirable, pleasing to the eye and good for wisdom, things that seem good. He's been doing this, y'all since the beginning of creation. You see, the scriptures say that we are lured and enticed by our own desires. It has to get your attention to draw you away. The Bible uh, uses this word translated as desires or lust as a longing, especially for what is forbidden, right? To fall or to step into <laughs> this temptation, first you have to desire it. It has to be a desire in your heart. And then you've got to actually shift your attention away from the holiness of good and goodness of God and get off track and start seeing the little lures that Satan is setting out along the path to get you away from the thing that God wants you uh, to be on. And so if you want to stay off the lures, you have to put your blinders on. You have to have your eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of your faith, uh, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You have to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, James says something interesting in verse 15. He says, uh, when desire gives birth to sin, meaning that you acted on the desire instead of saying no, right? Sin when fully grown brings forth death, right? When it's fully grown, what that means is it's been brought to completion. It's finished. Y'all, this requires effort. It doesn't just happen, 
right? I like the NLT translation of this. It says, when sin is allowed to grow, when sin is allowed to grow, that means that we are active participants in the developing and the growth of this sin, which ultimately gives birth to death because we know that the scriptures tell us that the wages of sin is death. So James continues in verses 16 to 18. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Don't be deceived. Don't be led astray. Remember that Satan is out to lure you with bait, right? With that lure. He uses a lure or fake fish that looks like the real thing. He deceives you with things that look like blessings, that look like good things, according to the things that you desire, right? So he's not using the same thing as he uses on everybody else. He's using lures according to what you desire, right? And so he's waiting there. And, and, and the thing that we desire, um, it, it, it's waiting with a hook, right? It's waiting to pierce you and snatch you away from safety. But here is the goodness of God, right? Every good and perfect gift is from God. Every good and perfect gift is from God. Perfect here means mature and complete, right? Mature and complete, like, oh my God, it's exactly what I wanted. This is perfect. Not that. This perfect means mature and complete, right? Satan likes to give us half-baked gifts, fake fish gifts, right? God gives us gifts that are complete and fully matured. And if we're not wise and discerning, we won't see that the gifts that Satan is offering us is really um, a temptation. It's missing something. It is not complete. It is not mature. It is not from God. But if you would wait on God, if you would wait on his mature and complete, perfect gift, then you would know that you have a real good thing from God who is trustworthy and unchanging, right? The scriptures say he's not like a shadow. He's not like a shadow. One minute you see it, one minute you don't. He's not shifty, right? He is there. He is consistent. God is good all the time. And more than that, he chooses you. He chooses you. And he sees you as his first fruit of creation, as his prized possession. And he wants to give you perfect gifts. So trust him. Rest in his goodness. Be patient as you endure trials and check your heart for the things that you desire because those desires are the things that Satan will use as a temptation uh, to lure you away from the heart of God. So here's how I saw God move by the end of the year. Uh, because of the pandemic support that I did receive, uh, my husband and I were able to pay off over $16,000 of personal debt, including my car note, which is paid off like two years in advance. My landlord, the comptroller in my office building, reached out to me and offered to me to cut my rent in half, effective 
April 2020, essentially giving us a credit for $30,000 so that I was no longer in the arrears. I'm fully caught up and this 50% off is effective through the duration of the pandemic or until I tell my landlord business is back and it's good. I can now pay what I originally agreed to pay for this space. Y'all, God can do immeasurably more than everything that you can think or imagine. Um, and lastly, it has been challenging um, being a caregiver. And some days uh, it's hard and it's exhausting when mom has bad days, but when mom has good days, y'all mama be cooking. My house is just smelling like lumpia and pancit. My husband was like, I'm like full all the time. I mean, like poor thing, like he ain't eating this much like on a consistent regular basis in the 15 years that we've been married. And I was like, y'all, this is what like, like we got a wife, like we got like a traditional, like this is nice, like I needed this. Uh, so. I am feeling blessed um, by my mother's presence, by the joy that she brings, by the way that she serves, even though she moved in with us so that we could serve her. God is still blessing us. So remain steadfast in the trials. And though the crown of life is a heavenly world, uh, reward, I will testify that the favor of God on this side of eternity is also quite sweet. If you would just... Remain in him, stay steadfast, keep your eyes fixed on him, endure the trials. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the way that you look upon your children. God, you hear their cries, you answer their prayers. Uh, Father, you care for us. And so, Father, I pray for the person who's still in the trial, who's still fighting to endure, God, give them extra strength. Give them extra mercy and grace for this season. Father, for the person who is fighting temptation, God, help them open their eyes to see where the escape is, to see where the exit is, so that they may uh, be able to stay steadfast in you, God, to get the victor's crown. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the things that you're going to do in 2021. And we pray uh, that we can just be in our words, God, so that we can continue to use the scriptures to train us in your righteousness. Father, we love you. It's in your sense and we pray. Amen. All right. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope to worship together with you soon at our next broadcast online at livechapel.twu.ca every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel and at TWU Student Ministries. Much love.